0: everybody this is sarah falciani relationship coach and business mentor i was just interviewed on the most badass podcast in the world the on-call empath i'm so excited for you to listen in and gain all the wisdom and amazingness and smile and laugh along with me and i'll talk to you soon
1: you're listening to the on-call empath show show Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the On Call Empath. And today I have one of my favorite people on social media that I finally got on the podcast, Sarah Falciani. I hope I didn't butcher that name. Is that correct?
0: No, it is correct, Sarah All Falsiani. right. You
1: okay? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I say that correctly to all my audience mm-hmm. members. And you are a relationship coach. You're very inspirational, genuine, and that's why I wanted you to be on this podcast. And guys, you don't want to miss this episode. We're going to be talking about everything from boundaries, dating, just how to trust after um, any type of abuse. If you guys have been through that that moment with somebody and you've had problems with a narcissist? How do you move on? How do you gain confidence again? And I went to the best of the best. And Sarah, you are, without further ado, tell the audience what you do.
0: Okay. So it's been a very long journey that brought me here. Um, Uh I've been coaching for a very long time and I was actually in many different niches as I was going through my own relationship with the narc and then healing from the narc and Uh then it just kind of was very serendipitous that I ended up where I am now I'm just so passionate about this um because it impacted my life so much like when you're in a relationship with someone that's so toxic and and you yourself become toxic because you get sucked into that 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 cycle with a narc it impacts every area of your life it impacts your Mm -hmm. mental health your physical health your finances your Mm -hmm. career if you want to start a business, it seeps in, it's like, it's like a disease that seeps into every area of your life and kind of becomes your life. And so like coming out of that relationship and going through my therapy and my coaching and my personal development Mm -hmm. journey of healing myself, um, I learned how to gradually eliminate that toxicity from each individual area of my life. But for sure, the area where it held on the longest, of course, was my own relationships with other people especially with men um mm-hmm. and so as i developed my own systems for handling things and i started having other people who were a couple steps behind me in their healing journey coming to me i just felt, absolutely fell in love with helping men and women but i, I primarily yeah. help women within this area because sure. they relate to me so well um,
1: no that that makes sense half beautiful. my clients are, are pretty much women um that I coach and one of the number one things are narcissists. So all you empaths and highly sensitive people that are listening, if you have been through a narcissist like abuse like with a relationship with someone, hire like everything in life, like she said, like your business, your kids, you know, just everything. And so I want to break it down and take it back a little bit. Um do you remember the night when you left your narcissist and tell me what was going through your mind after you hit rock bottom just for the audience? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people that could, uh, re- you know, resonate with that.
0: Absolutely. Um, so I was with my ex for six years. Uh, it was pretty much toxic that entire time, but through the lies and the gaslighting that increasingly became more and more severe as time went on. Um, every time I thought he had crossed a line that was it for me, it ended up not being it. And mm-hmm. I remember my therapist, my friends, my loved ones being like, what is going to be it for you? Like, what is the line? Is it him physically touching you, like physically hurting you? Is it because financially he took everything from you? That wasn't it. He's lied to you about everything, he's cheated on you. He had um he impregnated two women. Uh, cheating on me and had babies with two other women while we were engaged in planning weddings. Wow. Um, he used those children then to manipulate me into giving him more money, um, mm-hmm. coercing me and using the children as a tool to try to get more money and empathy from me. And through all of that, people kept asking me, What's going to be it? What's going to be it? What's going to be that final straw? Right. And I didn't know what it was until it happened. He called me. And he once again was trying to put me on the back burner so that he could focus on his next target.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when he was going through all of these things to try to, to put me on hold basically, because they never eliminate, they never choose to fully cut you off. They like, they discard you and put you on the back burner until they need you. again. Yeah. Work Right. He, he blamed me for him being a bad father that was it that was like a lot like it went off in my head and i was like wow that was it i just i knew i was like that is the line that he crossed that i never thought he would cross because i had sacrificed so much in the name of supporting him and trying to encourage him to be a good father even to the children he had had you know behind my back when he was having affairs um so that was it and i remember going well i'm done and I cried. I think I tried to like navigate the conversation a little bit more. We got off the phone. Cause he, I was in Texas. He lives in New York city. <clears throat> um, and I changed my number on the spot
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that was it. I changed my number and I was like, I, it just kind of snowballed from there.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it, it was, I just remember going, that was it. I'm done. Yeah. And I knew I couldn't do it anymore. And it was like, I think there's, you can't really know what that final straw is going to be, but when you hit it, you absolutely know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's got to be tough, like, especially like even like a couple of days after a lot of times people that I uh, coach talk about trauma bond and sometimes they'll get throughout the day, they'll have like intense feelings and then they will be hot and cold. Did you experience all of those things? Like, I mean, we'll talk to uh, about the boundaries and all of the trust issues that, that comes with it. Cause like normally after narcissist abuse, everything, especially empaths, like everything is down. Like we can't stick up for ourselves, our low self-esteem. Did you have to go through a period, let's say of six months to kind of get yourself together? Cause right now, I mean, you're in the top of your game and you're, you're helping so many people being a coach. So how do you get from rock bottom to the, to the amazing things that you're doing now?
0: I really had to allow myself to be human. I had to be at rock bottom for a while. The first week is kind of a blur. Yeah. I, dropped like, I dropped like 15 pounds because I wasn't eating. Um, I leaned on, believe it or not, the night that I changed my phone number, my priority was the other women that I knew he was in contact with, like the mothers of his children, <laughs> um, other women that I knew he had cheated on me with that I had been kind of ignoring. I reached out to as many people as I could And just was like, look, if you want him, you can have him. I was like, but I'm just letting you know that he does like lie to get money out of you. These are some of the stories he's used to get money. So I just wanted to issue a warning. Like, this is what he's done to me. And this is what, you know, this is what Mm -hmm. it is. So the couple of women that I had reached out to who were like there that night, they almost Mm -hmm. held my hand through that week. They were like, because I was in school at the time. They were like, you need to go to class. Eat a donut. Eat a donut have some coffee, whatever you need to do. I remember sending a picture of a donut and a venti Starbucks black coffee sitting in a classroom to one of his baby mamas. And I was just like, look, I'm eating and drinking coffee. And she's like, you go girl, because they all experienced him. They all knew what rock bottom with this guy was like. So it was that. And then I remember starting to eat And then I kind of spiraled Mm -hmm. Um, when you're so a narcissist, everybody has like some kind of be narcissistic, right? It's a spectrum.
1: It's a spectrum. Yeah.
0: Narcissistic abuse is over here. Empaths are maybe over here. When you cut that tie between a narcissist and an empath, the empath can sometimes swing.
1: (laughs) I'll
0: fully fully admit the fact that I was hanging out in this realm for a while because I had been so absorbed into another individual. Uh I had no identity of myself. So spiraling and connecting and latching on to anyone that I could connect to, and right. attention from the wrong men, binge mm. drinking, smoking cigarettes. I definitely, it was a, it was like circling yeah. the toilet bowl for a while because yeah. I just had no idea what my identity was separate yeah. from him. And when you leave an arc, because I left him numerous times during the six years, you always there's the voice in the back of your head going, "Am I crazy?" I must be crazy. Mm -hmm. None of that, none of that had to have happened. It's too insane. Like there's no way. Like there had to be a good explanation. So in order to keep myself from going back to him, um, I did whatever I could. But something that really was the final nail in the coffin that made me not want to go back to him is when I changed my number, I emailed him. And I still have these emails. I emailed him and I called him out. I wrote out everything and I was like, can't believe you did this to me this man emailed me back pretending that we had not had a relationship for six years. Mm-hmm. He had, he was like, you're being crazy. I haven't seen you in six years. I don't know what you're talking about. Trying to gaslight me so much and have written proof that he could show anyone that I was being insane and that mm-hmm. he, he was, you know, innocent and all
1: right. this.
0: So having that happen in addition to the phone call and the, that the last straw, it It was pretty clear I couldn't go back to him, but the spiral afterwards was definitely Mm -hmm. real. It took probably six to eight months before I was able to start trending upwards.
1: So all my clients that are listening, this is definitely very interesting, like very important because I've noticed that every person that I've talked to has a period where they kind of do like like they self-loathe and they kind of feel down like you said they they go into maybe addictions drinking and um they even swing more towards being like mirroring the narcissist their behavior changes and they tell me i don't I don't recognize se- self like being um so upset and yelling at people i'm almost like him or her i'm i'm mimicking her behavior but that's not me and i tell them that is not you. You're I mean, you're an empath or you're a highly sensitive person. When someone brings that out of you, especially if you piss off an empath, we can be pretty brutal. M- maybe some people, they hold it in and it's dormant. But if you excuse my language, if you fuck with, a, you know, um, empath the wrong way, they will push back 10 times harder. I know a lot of people that can get to that level, but because they kind of repress everything, sometimes it never comes out. And they just take the beatings. And then the minute they rage, they're looked mm-hmm. upon as crazy or they're the narcissist. But what do you expect when you're kicking somebody for years? You're someone, you know, it's gonna be a time where you, you say enough's enough and you're gonna push back. So let's talk about more of the healthy and unhealthy part. Um someone that's listening right now what can you tell them that maybe that they've been through a narcissist uh, abuse, but how do you look for somebody who has um, or stay away from a narcissist in your next relationship? What do you look for as criteria, dating, um, all of that? What, what are some of the standards that you kind of lifted? Because you obviously you're like the stuff that you do online, you're like very empowering, you're, you're tackling fear. And I think one of the, one of the posts that you, you met or said was, you know, run towards that fear and, you know, don't be afraid of it. And that really hit me. And that's, that's something that, that I try to instill in everybody, but you, you've got it down packed. So if you can explain that, how do you look, how do you kind of uh, vet these uh, people so that you don't get hurt again?
0: Honest to God, practice. Um, I was doing, I was working with my therapist through when I started dating again. And you have to go on dates with people and be like, huh, I've seen this before.
1: Yeah.
0: But the issue is not, you have to learn, the hardest part is learning how to trust yourself and your own intuition again. Because when you're with a narc, every time your intuition is like you're lying, you're not telling the truth something fishy is going on here. They're spinning it and putting it back on you and saying, you're insane. Like, you're fucking crazy. How dare you call me out on this? Like, do you even hear yourself? So when you're bombarded with that message, it becomes your internal dialogue. So when you go to start dating again, it is, that's how people who date narcissists tend to date narcissists after narcissists after narcissists because it's their comfort zone. It's what they know. It is a consistent amount of self-worth work seeing red flags for what they are, learning how to meet a person, see a person and believe what that person is showing. them. Mm-hmm. Don't look at someone and go, oh, that's a red flag that I can fix them. Oh, that's a red flag. But maybe you maybe <laughs> want to fix like
1: everyone. A, yeah,
0: maybe it's more like a pink flag, not yeah. really fully red. It's kind of like rosé colored. I don't say no. If it's not white or green, it is a red flag, red flag. <laughs> So you have to date people, though. Don't be afraid to go on first dates. Don't be afraid to enter into the talking space with people. Don't be afraid to date multiple people at once. Ask for a therapist. Like, go and seek mental health support through this. Go and seek a dating coach when you're ready to start dating again. Someone who knows it can support you. Someone you can go, he did or she did this on the first date, or this is trending in our conversations. And I'm second guessing myself, having someone to support you that you can bounce these ideas off of you to, ver- off of, to verify, no, you're not crazy. You're seeing what you're seeing. Yeah. What are you going to do about it now? Right. Um, and it's consistent self-worth work, self-confidence work, mm-hmm. and learning how to trust your intuition again.
1: And gradually, the
0: more, say that first five dates you go on or first five people you see mm-hmm. after your narcissistic relationship, they do they suck you in. And before you know it, you're a weekend and you're only seeing them. You're deleting your dating apps. You're not talking to anyone yeah. else. And then a month goes by and you're going, shit, we go yeah. again. As soon as you catch it, you have to, you have to, you, have to, you have to, you have to pull back. And then maybe the next guy or the next girl, it doesn't happen as quickly, or you catch it a little bit sooner. It's just it's a lot of trust. It's a yeah. lot of trust. It's a lot of commitment to redefining your dating life and making the decision that is going to be different, but mm-hmm. there's no cut and dry. Here's how to recognize a narcissist. Here's what to do. Boom, bang, 10 steps to eliminating <laughs> narcissists from your life. If there was, I would probably be a billionaire. by now. <laughs> a lot of people could honestly use yeah. that, but yeah. it is commitment to redefining your dating life, commitment to work mm-hmm. um, and patience. Yeah. It took me three years of being single. And even still it it yeah. still it still messes with me. Yeah. Not so much in dating, but with friendships and and you know professional relationships. I still catch mm-hmm. myself being like, that's a narcissist. <laughs> here we go again. Yeah, I did it again. Yeah. So you catch it and you step back and you set a yeah. boundary and you check back in. It's just yeah. consistent, consistent work.
1: So all you guys that are listening, always follow your intuitions especially the empaths that feeling you get that in your gut go with that cuz that that will give you at least something to go off of to kind of not fall for these traps like gaslighting and manipulation and all that stuff so i want to switch gears here a little bit and just kind of ask you about your current situation like Mm -hmm. you seem very happy i'm very happy for you you found somebody you flew to see somebody um recently and i'm just so happy for you if you could just share this with (laughs) your audience because look at your smile because here's the thing guys there is hope at the end of the tunnel and you're proof of that you're 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 happy now and looks like everything's working out after abuse Yeah.
0: yeah he's he's great yeah, and My friends always say, every time you say he's great, you just melt into a puddle. It's true. Yeah, really I see it. Character. I see it on
1: your, your feed. You're like, you're, yeah, you're he's very one, happy. He's really,
0: he's really wonderful.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: he, when I wrote the post about running towards your fear, it <clears> was really, like, I have to admit, this relationship, especially for the first month or two, scared the shit out of me. And my little brother, my little brother, I did. We flew to meet my family over Thanksgiving. And everybody loved him. He got the official stamp of approval.
1: (laughs) I know. That's when I talk to you. You're like, I'm going to go see him. I'm like, okay, let me know how it goes. (laughs) He loved my family.
0: My family loved him. Official stamp of approval. So my little brother called me the other night and he's like, you know, that is the happiest I think I've ever seen you. He's like, and he, he saw me every holiday, every time my ex never showed up, every time I was in a fight with my ex around family, like they saw me at rock bottom. So getting, having my family, just be like, I love who you are with him. (laughs) He's such a great guy. That was like the great, that was the greatest. That was the greatest thing for me. But my little brother was like, when I was talking to you at the beginning of this relationship, you seemed genuinely scared. I'm like, yeah, because it's like, you're navigating your triggers on a whole different level because you recognize someone who is not perfect. He's not perfect, but he is very self-aware. He's very patient. He is very firm in his boundaries. Uh, he's very secure in himself and he's very committed to to the work. So that's really like the work of right. relationship and building a relationship and taking it a day at a time and holding space for me to be in my triggers and feel my emotions and feel my insecurities. It was like the biggest challenge I'd ever faced. And mm-hmm. it very easily, it would have been very easy for me to have seen that. And if I hadn't been ready run run in the other direction back to my comfort Mm -hmm. zone of dating the toxic guys or just being single and just Mm -hmm. representing single life after narcissistic abuse look how healthy i am here but being healthy single is different than being able to function in a healthy manner productive Mm -hmm. manner with someone in a relationship it's really a whole it's there's only so much healing you can do on your own this is a very important conversation I had with my therapist about six months ago eight months ago there's only so much work you can do on your own it takes someone else coming in who's worth it to trigger you a little bit to take that healing to the next level and once I kind of reached that point two months in I was just like you know what I release expectation I'm no matter what happens to him, I'm just thankful that I've been challenged in this way to reflect a little deeper to be triggered to navigate to have the hard conversations because I'm a healthier and better person mm-hmm. and even more prepared for healthy in the future because of this choice
1: mm-hmm. that's so awesome and it gives I think it gives a lot of hope to all the listeners, guys, girls I mean empaths highly sensitive people. There's always hope. And um, that's why I had you on here, Sarah. But just kind of wrapping up here um, for all those people that are listening out there that. I don't know, been through narcissistic abuse or currently in a sticky situation where they can't get out. What is one or two things that you can tell them right now in this moment in this podcast that even if they come back to this episode months from now, They can listen to what you're about to say and it'll still be relevant and they can kind of use it to kind of get themselves unstuck or maybe just start going in that direction to see that, you know, there is hope because I mean, you are ultimately, you know, you did it. So,
0: oh, I have so many things I want to say for the sake of time, I would absolutely encourage anyone to One, if you're in the sticky situation or you keep returning to the sticky situation. I was in my relationship for six years and we broke up. I don't even know how many times I tried to leave. There is no shame in being in the cycle. There is no shame in not being ready to leave yet. Don't let people... This is a boundary you can start setting even now. Even if you feel like you can't set boundaries with the narc, make sure you're standing up for, you're right where you need to be. And you'll leave when you're ready. And I do genuinely believe that. Um, You will leave when you're ready. And don't let other people try to force you or manipulate you because you're dealing with enough in your own situation. Just trust yourself. Know that you are worthy of more, you are worthy of better. You are deserving of a healthy love. You are deserving of a healthy relationship. You are deserving of the life of your dreams. And when you are ready, the world is waiting and the world is not as scary as it seems to be. And you with time and patience and support will develop an identity. You will develop a life separate from the narc. And I genuinely believe that you will have the future that you desire when you are ready. Yeah, believe. So that's for the people who are still in their situation. (laughs) For the people who are fresh out and going through their healing journey, you also are right where you need to be. There is no healed is a made up concept. Healing is the vibe. Healing will always be the vibe. Healing is the journey. You're not crazy. You were never crazy. Trust the process. Trust yourself. (laughs) Trust your support. Ask for help from a therapist or a coach. Lean on your friends Mm -hmm. and just practice, 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 practice every single day, taking steps towards building the life of your dreams. Cause it's worth it. Trust me. It's
1: <laughs> worth it. Yeah. And you did it. And so that's why I wanted you so bad on this podcast. I have so many people that email me right in. They're stuck with a situation where they can't leave. And if they leave, they come back. It's just back and forth. And then the manipulation never stops. So you are truly inspiration. You're going places. I love what you're doing with all of your work. Speaking of your work, can you just kind of explain um, to the audience where they can find you and the type of work that you um, help you know, people with?
0: Absolutely. So sarahfalciani.com is my website and go on and find out a little bit more about my coaching packages. Um, I do offer 45-minute intensives where I just sit down and do one-off sessions. Kind of evaluate their immediate situation, just quickly move them through point A to point B around a specific situation. Um, I also do three, six, and twelve-month private coaching packages. The nature of my work tends to be very intimate. It tends to be very, very personal, and I found that mm-hmm. providing that that one-on-one support is really what's mm-hmm. optimal for moving my clients through um, through their healing and, yeah. and dating and and the whole the whole thing <clears throat> because narcissistic abuse is narcissistic abuse, but every single person doesn't experience mm-hmm. it the same. So I like to create a, a container that is completely customized for my clients. Nice. So you can find me at com, or on Instagram at sarah.falciani and on, on Facebook. Yeah. too.
1: Check, yeah, check it out. I love your Instagram. Very stylish, very upbeat. And I mean, a lot of the stuff that you do say is inspirational and I do go through your feed and I'm just like, people need to hear you like you need. (laughs) Yeah, it's very inspiring. So you're always welcome back to the podcast. I do want to keep in contact with you and anyone that's listening, check her out. Like she's really good at what she does. Part of the reason why I asked her to be on the elite series. So thank you so much, Sarah. Keep up the amazing work.
0: Thank you so much.
1: All right. There you have it, guys. We have a lot more guests coming on this month before the new year's thank you for sticking with us and always keep moving forward and we are out you're listening to the on call and